0: Hey, hello. Welcome to episode 305 of Sack King's Therapy. In this episode, we're going to go three more prospects, and it's it's a, it's a juicy one. I really like these prospects. And then we're going to go over some news, and we're going to go over the NBA Finals. So it's, you know, kind of run-of-the-mill summer uh, episode. Hopefully you guys like it. Right. So are you ready, Paul? Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, without further ado, uh, let's just start with our first prospect. The prospect we were supposed to go over, but Fong decided to do uh, Derek Whitehead, so we just quickly <laughs> pivoted to that one. Uh, but it is Bilal Gulabale. At, at least that's how I think it's been said. It's what I've been hearing on podcasts. He is a 6'6 French wing from the Metropolitan 92 Tours. If you think that sounds familiar, it's because he's on the same team as uh, Victor Wembenyama. Although he wasn't on the main roster the whole time. I'm not sure of <clears throat> all the specifics of that, but he was a teammate of uh, of Victor Wembenyama. And uh, here are his basic stats. 18 minutes a game, 53% uh, perc- or hold on, uh, 5 points a game. Uh, let's see... assists and 3.1 rebounds, playing only 18.1 minutes a game Mm -hmm. while shooting 53% from the field and 45% from three. Those are the basics. Uh, So let's get the, let's start with this. Uh, What were your first thoughts on him?
1: Uh, Definitely a lengthy guy. I mean, not as lengthy as Webbanyama next to him, but uh, I mean, with a long wingspan, I mean, he's, Bound to be good on defense. I mean, he has a pretty bursty fWism and I mean, a pretty confident uh, finisher for sure.
0: Yeah. So uh, also forgot to mention his measurements. He's a six six wing with a seven two wingspan. Uh, somebody just got a erection off hearing that. Um, yes, he is a very, like, lengthy, very bursty. He's got a, he's got a certain, like, explosion about him. I call him like a French Thompson twin. Uh, are you familiar with the Thompson twins?
1: Mm, not too familiar. How
0: are you not familiar with them? How is that even possible? But, but anyways, <laughs> uh, they're basically like crazy, ridiculous athletes who can't shoot. So, you know, I call him, I call Bilal the French uh, version of that. Um, but we'll get to the kind of the shooting. But you mentioned you know, good athlete. He good athlete, uh re- really good length, he has some really surprisingly powerful dunks for a guy that's relatively slight. He plays like a power wing to a certain degree. Would you would you do, do you agree?
1: Yeah, I would say he plays more towards a the bigger kind of wing kind of guy. And I, I mean I, I'm trying not to talk about any weaknesses right now, but yeah, that's for sure. When uh you mentioned something like a power wing.
0: Yeah, like he he doesn't shy again, he has a very slight frame, but he's not a guy that you know shies away from contact at all. Like he goes into guys and like with a runway, he is going to try and dunk on you. And in the process, he is going to like you know draw a lot of fouls. Just surprising again for a guy that's slight. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And he likes to also, he he also likes to attack, like, off the catch. Like, that's a really good thing that can, you know, easily translate to any team. Like, instead of, like, wait, catching the ball and waiting, he's a smart cutter with a good feel and timing of when to cut. And he's also had some uh, reps running the pick and roll late in the season and kind of has some flashes of being a force, like, when whenever he can get downhill in the half court.
1: Yeah, definitely a physical type of athlete that you know doesn't deter him from uh, you know gaining contact. So pretty, uh, pretty good finisher in my eyes. Uh, other than um, again, I don't know why, but um, with European athletes, but they do like a lot of um, scoop shots for my liking.
0: It, there are a lot of like European players like. I don't want to say it this way, but like they feel like they're more trained to be skilled as opposed to just going through guys, if that makes any sense. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of finesse to their game. And, you know, as compared to like American players who, you know, like they it's not that they don't have finesse, but they like to, you know, dunk on dudes and like, you know, embarrass guys as opposed to like using a nice finesse finish. And, you know, it's it's not it's not it's not like every single case, but like it feels like that's a lot of European players. They're just trained to have, you know, a little bit more finesse type finishes. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's in a a lot of ways is a very good thing, especially in the NBA, where I mean, if you don't have to play against contact, I mean, you have another tool for yourself to uh, score
0: and also this is a kind of another thing like in in your in europe they play against like big better players for the most part like they start these guys like in programs where they play against older players and like they're not going to get bullied a lot of the time and you know with like a and stuff you're just a lot of times you're just watching guys don't on guys or like doing you know these crazy spin moves or like you know like crazy threes there's a lot more structure i feel in europe and that could be good or bad but that's just kind of how i see it and be again he he goes into guys he's not exactly like he's not reliant on finesse by any means oh yeah uh to talk a little bit about the defense uh, as we mentioned crazy ridiculous length seven two wingspan uh, as we mentioned and he uses it very well. Like he pressures guys on the perimeter and uses his ridiculous length to, co- to like um, contest and block shots. Like there were moments where I'm watching some of his clips. I'm like, is that Victor? Damn, that's a <laughs> long ass dude. That just sw- that just spiked the ball like into the ground.
1: Yeah, and like you said, being six six, which is you know on the middle of the pack for wings, but. His arms, man, just makes him look like he's like six, eight, six, nine, ten. 10. Like, it's crazy how wingy this guy is.
0: Yeah, and, you know, combined with that leg, very good lateral quickness to stay with attackers on the perimeter. A very scary prospect for anyone trying to attack him. And, on, uh, you know, has really good hands as well. And because of all that length, and the hands, and just, you know, surprisingly good strength. Again, surprise, surprising because he's just so slight. He's got good core strength already. And that's that is kind of what's gonna probably catapult him, uh, up up draft boards. But yeah, he's a really good ISO defender as a result. And you know, guys guys can't even post him up a lot of the time. Granted, in the NBA, I'm gonna assume the power wings are gonna absolutely have their way with him. But you know, they have their way with a lot of people. So it is what it is. But he is he's strong, he's quick, and he's long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see when he comes to the NBA how it transfers, but. I mean, overall, I think he has a pretty high basketball IQ in terms of defense and like the little areas of where he could be also a help defender and, uh, due to his length, of course. And I mean, guarding guys one on one already at his size is already pretty nice enough.
0: Yeah. And like, he, he also, like, we're going to talk a lot about these prospects, really good at keeping his hands high and out. And, like, again, using that length of, you know, pressure passes and, like, contest shots. And, as you mentioned, like, be the weak side blocker. And also, like, you know, be the kind of pick six guy. Like, if they try some sort of skip pass. So, like, just overall, there's nothing really bad to say about him on defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, what you can say bad, like like that transition. Oh. Um, yeah, so we talked about it. Not exactly much of a shooter Again, shot 45% from three uh, on very low volume. and But, like, he is not a shooter at all. Um, right now, anyway, there is a there is possibility he might become a shooter in, in the future. But as of now, like, really slow... T- to say they're rigid mechanics would be kind of understating it. It's a very kind of, like, uncomfortable-looking form. Like, it, like what what did you think?
1: Yeah, like... It feels like he needs to be set up more, but due to how slow he shoots as well, he doesn't get the chance to, like, get good shots off, I feel, regardless of being left open or even uh, when guarded, it feels so inconsistent to the point where it's kind of tough to say whether or not he'll improve anytime soon, but I feel like he would be a good spot up shooter if he's left open of course on corners only
0: so like the main thing I see with him is that he can't sync like it feels like his lower body and upper body work separately and like there's no synchronization between the two like it feels like he doesn't. He doesn't get much lift from his legs. It doesn't look like, and the mechanics, as you mentioned, are slow up top. So, like it, just, they, it just feels like they don't sync up together. And there's some ugly misses that he has.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, with the well attempts that he has been getting, and also, I mean, forty five percent is pretty nice and all. But I, if we, I wish there was a little more. I guess. Um, what's the word sample yeah a bigger sample size to actually know but I mean just looking at his shot already just makes you feel like yeah this guy's definitely not a shooter and you definitely not the guy that you would want to rely on shooting
0: yeah and you know like who knows like it doesn't there's nothing truly wrong with his shot and like it's not straight up like broken or anything but he will need to work with a shooting coach to improve it. And it I think it is improvable. Like, there's a good base to it. But it will take probably a year or two. Uh, as of now, yeah, as you mentioned, probably just a corner shooter at most. You're not going to probably, you know, have him, like, you know, pull up for three anytime soon. And, you know, so speaking of the pull-up, like we just talked about how like his mechanics are bad. The setup is bad and just th- that's all of us. That's all of spot ups. Like the, off the dribble, it's much more of a mess. Like it doesn't look good at all. He doesn't look comfortable doing it. And yeah, you just, we just talked about the rigid mechanics. It's like, he, d- he has no, he, he has not pr- like really practiced enough. It feels like of just pull- like actually like pulling up and the mechanics that go with that. Like nothing is smooth about his pull up.
1: Yeah, it feels like he barely has any body movement at all Um, from like getting the catch and getting the shot off, it just feels very vanilla not vanilla like below that i don't even know <laughs> like it's, it's
0: it's basically like when you're in 2k like you just you don't have your stats set up like you're a 60 overall mm. like that's kind of his pull-up game like it's slow it's very rigid and he just straight up doesn't look comfortable with it because it's probably not something he's done a lot
1: yeah that's for sure and i guess we'll see how much he can improve uh if he does you know improve in that area
0: and um, you know we talked about how good is um, how good like he is getting downhill. Um, I I did forget to mention this is the key word I use when he has a runway. If he, if there if he gets like going downhill, he is in he is a very like you know when he's I think he's a pretty incredible finisher. Like he's got great length to finish around guys. He can kind of go into guys and draw contact if he has a runway. When he doesn't have a runway you know, he's a, he, he can be a bit of a mess. He like, he can't, he's not like, he, he can, he can draw contact, but he can't exactly go through guys. And he doesn't have a lot of creativity when it comes to finishing. We did talk a little bit about the scoop shot, but there are some scoop shots where he really forces that right-handed scoop shot and just ends up in really weird positions to like, you know, miss the shot basically.
1: Yeah, it seems like he uses mostly his physicality and length to, you know, make up for his offense inside the rim. So, I mean, I feel like he can definitely be like the one-two punch in terms of if he gets that first and second step into the rim, he should be fine. But anything other than if he does dribble or, uh, you know, tries to go to the rim, uh to create for himself yeah there's no way he's gonna be able to finish under contact
0: yeah like in a in a situation where he has to make a decision of whether to pass or like whether to shoot it it's not pretty a lot of the time and you know again when he doesn't have a runway he it like he likes to seek out contact but he is a little over eager to do it a little bit and smart players can read his movements and actually get draw charges pretty easily on him like it's again it's a work in progress he he is he's ridiculously young by the way he's I think he's only going to turn I think 19 when the draft happens like there's a lot of time to improve this but he is still very raw in that sense
1: yeah I mean with another playmaker it's very serviceable for him since you know he makes the smart cuts he definitely does the bat door cuts well and I mean like you said if he has that open floor I mean it's a done deal
0: yeah, but if he doesn't, it's a, it's a bit sketchy, to say yeah, the least. True. And, you know, in the half-court setting, like, you know, because of his shoot, lack of shooting ability, like, defenders shamelessly sag off him. Like, it is it is comical, like, how much they sag off of him. And it's going to clog up the offense, and he's, he's going to have to just improve upon that. And you know, since they sag all of them, they're more they're in better position to take charges. That's just unfortunately a, a, a never-ending loop until he can figure out like how to attack it better.
1: Yeah, and especially with this NBA, with how the charges are done, it's definitely going to be a big problem.
0: And just a little extra thing: uh, hilariously bad at throwing pro's entry passes to Vic of all people, who you know has a <laughs> ginormous catch radius. Um, yeah, we'll see if that's actually a problem. It's not good, like from some of the clips.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, as long well as he makes the simple passes, I think he should be fine.
0: <laughs> and uh, one, la- uh, I guess another bonus thing, a shot 59% from the free throw line. Again, mm. on very low attempts, but it's that's not great.
1: No, hopefully the sample size will be a lot bigger <laughs> when... Uh, we see him play but yeah that's that's not a good start
0: but overall i really like him like, again yeah, like the athleticism the length the, the already like good defensive package the offensive package is a bit you know troublesome to a certain degree but i think a lot of it can be worked on it i think like his shooting will be serviceable at some point
1: yeah definitely a high-end project if uh anything um And we'll have to see how much he can improve in terms of uh, his offensive end. But other than that, I think he can be a really good impact on the defensive end if, you know, straight out uh, from, uh, shoot, what team was it? Metropolitan 92?
0: Yeah, I think it's 92-ers, but it, it just says Metropolitan's here.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a very interesting prospect. and you know, a very high-end project to uh improve on uh within the coming years.
0: Just as a disclaimer, we will be kind of ranking these guys towards uh the end. And, uh like, Bilal is going to be on the lower end because there are reports saying that he has a promise in the lottery. And uh he is rising up draft boards. Like, teams are really falling in love with him. Like, Vassini has him ranked, I think, number 12. Like of all prospects. So wow. There is a there's a very small chance he's gonna ev- ever make it to 24. So you know, we're gonna rank him lower just because of that. But like yes, if the, if the kings can get get their hands on him, I'm all for it.
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure.
0: Okay, let's move on to our next uh prospect. Uh his name is Prosper. Uh his Olivier Maxence Prosper. I have no clue if I said his first name right, yet, but Where's this gonna go with it? Uh 674 with a 7-1 wingspan. And luckily I have the stats up. I don't have to look, look at them or, or look look them up uh while on air. Uh he 12 12.5 points per game, uh, 4.7 rebounds, 0.7 assists, shot 51% from the field and 33 percent from three. Uh he is a uh junior currently. Um, he will be turning, let's see. Oh, fuck me, it's, it's it's not on here, but he he will be, I think, turning 21 or is already 21 by the time uh, by the time the draft um, starts. So, yeah. Uh, how do you want to start this one?
1: Well, again, let's start with the defense, I guess. I, I mean, another guy that has a pretty high IQ, I would say, in terms of defense and from the clips that I've seen. I mean, there was a lot of clips from other names that we've um Whatchamacall gone over already where he's been he guarded a lot of these guys pretty well not gonna lie
0: yeah like uh, like we talk about Bilal like being a really good one-on-one defender he oliver well we'll just call him prosper or was prosper like he he's also like really long like six seven with a seven one wingspan i should really say that before i start huh um, but six, six, seven with a seven, one wingspan, you know, terrific lateral quickness, you know, seven, one wingspan to contest shots and also able to absorb contact and just, you know, he also fights really hard on defense. Like we'll, we'll talk about it later, but like he can guard a wide variety of people, like able to guard one through five, just an overall like great ISO defender. You are not going to, you know, abuse him in space
1: oh yeah definitely very versatile as well um i mean definitely forces guys to pull up early like you said takes contact really well when guys get to the rim and definitely fights through screens as well i mean he goes over and under regardless whichever uh way you would want him to go and i mean he just fights for that defense
0: yeah like and for a guy that's like that big like six seven like usually you get picked off a lot but Like there are, so we'll talk about it now. Like he was the guy tasked with guarding Cam Whitmore projected number four pick Uh, Kobe Jones. We talked about him like, you know, really good player and Jordan Hawkins. Now Jordan Hawkins is the most uh, impressive one to me because Jordan Hawkins doesn't operate in ISO all that much. He likes to run around screens a lot and prosper was able to stick with him very well and force him to some really uncomfortable shots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And you know, guys like Cam Whitmore, Cam Whitmore is a beast of a player. Like he is, you know, was that? I think 6'6, 230. Granted, Oliver 6'8, 230. So he he couldn't bully him and force him in some really, really like tough step back threes. And then Kobe Jones just made him work. So this is a guy that is uh it probably gonna be a all you know, there's a potential for him to be all NBA defense if things work out.
1: Mm. <laughs> i guess we'll have to see
0: and another thing i just kind of noticed like he doesn't end up getting crossed up a lot but like he does fight to get back into play and that's what i talk about like just a guy that like you know again big Waz is the one who always talks about this like with a guy like christian Braun, this guy this guy takes prime in defense you can tell
1: oh yeah and what you definitely another guy that i would say that I mean, whichever team he ends up with, he'll definitely make the biggest
0: impact in terms of his defensive abilities. And you know, in the right situation, we'll talk about like his some of his offensive limitations in the right system. I think he can prosper. You know, prosper. You know, uh, <laughs> I. You know, no, no pun intended. Prosper in it because, like, you look at a guy like Christian Braun, who's a limited offensive player for the most part, but is a guy that plays hard. You know, has great feel for cutting. Not much of a shooter but, like, is able to make it work because his teammates amplify his, his strengths and, you know, hide his weaknesses. I think in the right, you know, in kind of the Kings' offense, I think he can work very well as a cutter. And this man loves the cut.
1: hmm That's for sure.
0: And uh, last thing before, this is kind of, kind of a janky way, but, like, last thing I want to talk about his defense, really good at keeping his hands up uh, to contest and as opposed to, like, trying to reach in and fouling. So that's another thing I noticed with him. Mm-hmm. And now let's uh, very awkwardly transition to his uh, offense. So his main thing uh, on offense to me is his kind of desire to run the floor and get dunks.
1: Yeah, I would say he definitely was to run the floor, especially on transition. I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, he's very quick and I would say pretty decisive, especially off the catch as well like you said before he's a very smart back door cutter i mean definitely uh plays in that kind of system where um what you would call it he knows when to cut for sure um and you know he's when it comes to getting inside the rim i mean he's definitely smart to think or to utilize his pump face if you know there were guys around him as well
0: yeah so in the half court, it's a bit tricky, but like in transition, I think he like this is a he's an athlete. Like you can tell with the way he runs the floor, like he is a fast guy. And then in the half court, he utilizes that as you mentioned on a lot of cuts. And he like with he's again like like Bilal, if he gets a runway, he will yam on guys. And if he is quick and decisive on the catch, as you mentioned, just can just absolutely go up and just destroy guys with dunks. Very smart cutter, great at playing off each other or great at playing off his teammates and finding the open spot on the floor. It's not limited to just shooting. He is a legit guy that his first option is to cut. And with just how the NBA Finals are going right now, like you can just see the value of that ability like you know you might not be the best shooter in the world but if you can occupy like the space with well-timed and you know correct cuts you can really like destroy a defense
1: oh yeah and this guy doesn't like to stay still he definitely moves around the court regardless of if
0: he's open or not yeah like you can just see it like when he when his teammates attack. He is looking for that opening to cut. Like, again, yeah, you mentioned perfectly, like, he does not stand still. He's not just standing there waiting for a pass to, you know, shoot a three. Grants, not great at it, but, like, he, he he seems to, like, acknowledge that and just cuts in for, you know, pretty strong dunks or, like, you know, nice pump fake finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Okay, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about the pump fakes now. He does get into trouble a little bit of like over pump faking a little bit and tries to get a little too cute with some of his, like, you know, like we mentioned how, like, when he is decisive and attacks quickly off the catch, he is a force to be reckoned with. However, when he is not as decisive, when he's not attacking off the catch, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of adventure. He tends to like to, you know, do, do like really, you know, really silly dream shakes and, like, does a lot of pivot moves and kind of ends up in these really weird positions where he throws up really ugly hooks. That is kind of the main issue with his finishing, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely tries to do... I don't want to say he tries to do too much, but he tries to score for himself, I feel, Uh, regardless if, you know, he thinks he could score against uh the defender that's defending him man uh, another thing i f- felt like was that he doesn't really pass out that much as well if he does get uh stuck in those type of situations
0: yeah like <laughs> it is it is definitely like interesting to watch that part of his game like he's not a guy that you know will blow by guys or create an advantage like out of th- out of nothing He's more of a guy that that I think just plays is better off playing off of other people. And yeah, he can kind of just he can kind of end up being a bit of a black hole. Like you pass to him and he, he decides he wants to attack, but doesn't know how he wants to do it. You can get in a little bit of trouble with him, as you mentioned, kind of doing a little too much.
1: Yeah, another guy, I would say that if, of course, if he has open four, he's going in, but smart defenders or a smart team that can you know cut him off i mean i feel like i wouldn't say it's a done deal i think he just needs to know when to uh not go in for himself and try to create for others but that might be a tough thing if he doesn't do it as much as he did uh
0: whatchamacallit uh in, in his team yeah uh okay let's talk a little bit about a shooting he shot a uh, 33% on catching shoots. I think his form looks okay for the most part, but it's a bit of a slow release and 33% is not good on just catching shoots.
1: Yeah, he definitely prepares to shoot when he does catch the ball. Uh a lot of good shooters would, you know, prepare uh before the catch, but this guy definitely
0: takes his time uh preparing uh before he can shoot and i don't think it's a preparation issue i think it's just more of like just he's not used to his release yet like he the Spinella talked a lot about how he's rapidly improved over the years and i think it's just him just being more comfortable as a matter of just him getting more comfortable than anything
1: oh yeah i mean his shot looks fine for the most part in my opinion i mean he has a really high release which i mean i I uh, like in the terms of a shooter but I mean yeah like you said if he gets the reps in I think he should be just fine.
0: And uh his sh- his shot is overall inconsistent. We talk about just how like you know he doesn't seem comfortable. There are times where I just feel like he jumps a little too early and like you know his uh, you know as we mentioned with Bilal the sinking of his upper of like his release with his lower body seems to be a little off sometimes. And that's just something I think he needs to work on. And like, he does need to speed up that release. That release is very slow. Mm. Oh yeah. And also like the, the release itself, like there's, there are some issues, although I don't think they're long-term issues. He does seem to kind of create unnecessary forces on the ball. Like Smedella talked about like thumbing the ball and, I think that's just something he'll need. He'll just iron itself out as long as he works hard enough. And yes, it can lead to some really ugly misses. There are uh, there are plenty of shots where he just overshot, which is surprising to see from really anyone at this point. Like usually, he'll, usually they're short more than anything. But like you know, he just straight up like threw it over the rim a lot.
1: Yeah, I I think once he gets that kind of touchdown, down, he'll definitely improve. Um, like I said, once he gets the reps down and if he does, you know, want to improve that sort of area of shooting, um, I think we'll see a lot more improvement. But we'll have to see which team uh, would actually, you know, I guess, uh, develop him into that type of a uh, three and D type player.
0: Yeah, it'll, it'll take some time, but I, I think he can definitely do it. Like, you know, he he seemed he seems to be a hard worker to me. And like as as I mentioned, like Spinella has talked about him improving a lot over the years, and there's no reason to believe like he's not gonna keep improving. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, anything else you want to quickly talk about, Prosper?
1: Well, I mean, another guy that I would project as a free and D player. Um, other than that, I mean, his finishing, I feel like can also improve in a lot of ways, uh, with some, you know development in like just an average playmaking skill set but other than that i mean he's i would i wouldn't mind taking him um in uh you know the 20s to be honest
0: yeah let me just look up a christian braun because like christian braun stats in uh in god damn, i think i spelled his name wrong Hold on. christian bra i want to look up christian braun stats because like he kind of he kind of reminds me a lot about him And let's see. In
1: uh, Prosper, I would say, would be taller and lengthier for sure, right?
0: Yeah. And I mean, the main thing is like, I mean, the main thing I notice about like, uh, Braun is that he's not really a good shooter, but he actually shot pretty well at Kansas. So, you know, that that's not exactly like that's not exactly encouraging for Prosper, but like, I think he can get to at least league average to the point where. At least at some point, someone will close out to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, with Braun, I mean, he he has good moments in terms of his shooting, uh, I feel. But definitely, I wouldn't give him more than three shots a game, to be honest, um, just because of uh, potential inconsistencies. But I mean, so far from what we've seen, I think, yeah, Braun is up and coming in terms of that area.
0: And, you know, like, hopefully Prosper can kind of follow in those footsteps. And, like, you know, maybe he never really develops a great three, but at least he's a great cutter. And I think that will translate. Although the only, ish, the only issue I see is, like, can he – like, will Mike Brown play him with Sabonis despite his sh- lack of shooting? You know? Like, mm. I, thought, I thought KZ was okay at cutting, but, you know, like, he just – you know, after like, what, three games, it, Mike Brown just basically kind of confined him to the bench for a lot for a lot of the season because of that.
1: I feel like he'll I mean, he's definitely going to come off the bench for sure, but I feel like he won't play next to a bonus as much. He might play mostly with the bench guys and maybe somehow they'll create something with each other. Um, we'll have to see because <laughs> I don't know what kind of moves we're still going to make uh during this off season, but I mean yeah I uh, I don't know definitely the kind of guy I wouldn't see next season bonus as much, like you said,
0: yeah, I mean like I mean it's a bit unfortunate, but you know i I really like prosper just his defense his defensive intensity His you know offensive potential and just his cutting like I think I think he fit really well on the games, mhm, oh yeah. All right, our final guy, Bobby Clintman, uh 6'10 uh forward with a seven foot wingspan. Uh he averaged uh so he played for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I did not know they were called that. Um, (laughs) he he's averaged 5.3 points, 4.5 rebounds, 0.8 assists, uh shot 40% from the field, 36%. Um, well, thirty about 37% from three, 74% from the free throw line. Uh, those are the basic stats. Uh, 6'10", 4 with a seven-foot wingspan. I think I didn't mention that before, but it does bear repeating. Uh, first thoughts on him?
1: Definitely has a lot of tools and definitely has a lot of upside in terms of uh, his shooting, defense. And, I mean, he has some playmaking abilities as well. Other than that, I mean, he's definitely – a project still in my eyes but like i said he has the tools to be great i feel
0: yeah like in in kind of an inverse a little bit of a prosper he's more offensive he he like a lot of prosperous offensive tools are more theoretical like particularly shooting and like you know we just mentioned he does not pass really Clintman is a passer like this guy has passing feel and he can shoot like this is a guy that you know has a nice smooth high release can also can you know not limited to just uh shooting um off like pure spot ups standstill shots he can also shoot off movement and off screens and yeah he's basically been a a spot up shooter since his uh time uh in the u20 overseas so yeah like he's He's more of a project probably on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, I think he's already there, if that makes any sense.
1: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) as I said, the tools are very present, uh, definitely on um, the the shooting and uh, whatchamacallit playmaking end. Other than that, I still don't want to go over the weaknesses right now, but i mean he has shown a lot He's such of, a
0: negative person was, i know
1: it's every time i see the weaknesses with these guys it it just kind of turns me off on some level
0: but i mean to be fair like if these guys didn't have these weaknesses they would be like you know top five. Oh yeah <laughs> but you know we're picking 24 so like it, it was always going to be a thing
1: oh yeah but um yeah like i said we should go on because i just keep on thinking
0: well anyways yeah like he's a he i wouldn't say he's a surefire shooter but like the the tools like he's definitely pretty far along already and i think i think he's gonna be able to shoot at the next level like pretty pretty quickly and you know he's a good he's a good three-point shooter he can also like you know really he's a real passer like he can handle like on the open court um like has a decent enough handle but like he when he gets the rim he has an instinct for finding the open guy there were so many moments where like i i'm just like amazed and like he he also like has the full like passing package where you know he's really good with you know look away passes um no look passes and just he has he know he's definitely kind of a step ahead it, like not Tyrese like Halliburton levels but he has a little bit of that flair to him and has that kind of instinct to pass.
1: Yeah, definitely not selfish for himself and will create uh whatchamacallit, create for others. And definitely like, I would say he's pretty mobile for a guy his size as well.
0: Yeah, like he's not crazy fast by any by any means. He's not like prosper. He doesn't, he's not gonna go up like, you know, for high flying dumps. He can, he can, he's serviceable in that end, is how I describe it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as, as I mentioned, just an actual, like, he had, he's really creative, uh, I think, with certain angles of how he gets it to, like, you know, the the uh, guy down low or to the roll man. Like, he can do it off, like, as a secondary passer where, like, someone creates the advantage and he can find the next opening, like, right away for an assist. And, he can, and he's not limited to just, like, interior passing. He can also, like, you know, hit shooters. Again, he has an instinct for playmaking. And, you know, add that with his, just his, uh, shooting game. It is very intriguing. Oh, yeah. Although, like, looking at his, like, actual, like, you know, numbers, it's more of a, it's more of projecting more than it has actually, like, a real thing. But it's a great base to build off of.
1: Oh, yeah. And we'll have to see. Definitely. I feel like he definitely, um, will make a, decent impact when he enters the nba but with a lot more work in his uh regimen and like i said i'm gonna keep on saying this he has the tools to improve to the next level and i definitely think he has the ability to take the steps up
0: uh let's uh, talk a little bit about his defense before we finally get to fong's favorite part the negatives um so on defense he's got good lateral quickness to stay with guys and contest well because of his you know pretty good length he's also pretty like huge it's a 610 with a seven foot wingspan and can really stonewall like guards who you know pull up try to pull up on him he's also like decently strong and you know again he's big and long so like wings really struggle to score on him
1: oh yeah and with like most of the guys that we reviewed uh you know as a recent i mean length really does disrupt <laughs> a lot of these guys in terms of offense and he has that
0: length yeah uh okay all right let's get to let's get to your favorite part where do you want to start
1: Uh let's start with the finishing um
0: 43 at the rim <laughs> not good
1: no not good at all and when i said he was mobile yeah he's pretty slow when it comes to finishing like he barely has any burst in his athleticism um definitely struggles to get to rim at times as well um definitely a right uh whatchamacallit dominant kind of driver um never rarely goes left uh, at all
0: and um and boy when he does it's not good
1: yeah it, it feels like he doesn't go in in he always drives in and it he gets a bump way out of the rim he kind of sticks in that area and he's kind of far from the rim to make any difference uh, and he's not really that creative enough to you know make a shot for himself if he doesn't get to the rim so yeah, it's not so pretty I'd say
0: yeah he's he's not a very strong body. he can't go through guys. And like because of just his, you know, relatively weak core strength currently, like the smallest bump will throw him off his root and like kind of bump him away from the basket. And like he ends up having to like do these cra- really weak looking finishes that, you know, just fall short of the rim. And it's it's a lot of them. Like he just he's just not a guy that plays with a lot of power right now. And I, hopefully that does get better. Like currently, you know, he's he's going to be 20. Well, he's already twenty, so like he has time to develop his body. But as it is right now, he he has he's not a power player at all.
1: No, and sadly enough, he doesn't really have a mid range game as well. I mean, if he had some sort of floater, and of course maybe a scoop shot of some sort, maybe he could be serviceable in that end uh, if he does get into that kind of trouble. But other than that, yeah, his it's not looking pretty when it comes to. uh which to call it? his finishing ability
0: and you know I, I will i will defend his mid-range a little bit it's a very pretty looking shot it just doesn't go in so like i i i'll trust in his like you know his shooting touch because like, i feel like he does and at, at some point like those will start to go in and he you know if he gets a mismatch i think he can like take advantage a little bit in the mid-range
1: mm-hmm. yeah we shall see
0: And I don't know how this is actually really a thing, but it was a note in a Spinella video, very slow to get off the ground (laughs) on finishes. And like, he'll, he'll be like wide ass open under the rim. And there is just a slight like pause. And because of just how slow he is, can actually, like the defender can actually recover and block his shot. I don't know if this is going to be a problem. But like it is just it 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 just adds to kind of like the, the it just adds to kind of just his weak finishing like just a guy that's just very not not very fast like very very slow and just right now just not a very strong guy and just does not have a lot of finishing like he's not a good finisher at all right now is what I'm trying to get at.
1: Yeah, definitely a very grounded type of um. Finisher and shooter in uh, some ways. But I mean, as long as he gets that type of separation for himself, which I mean, he can't really create, <laughs> like I said, uh, that sort of separation for himself. I think he sh- should be okay in most parts of uh, the game. Um, other than that, I mean, his touch seems like it's there, but he just needs to work on more, I guess. Um, adding more abilities to his bag because it's uh very not vanilla in some ways, but it's very lackluster.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, again, he's young. He can develop these things, but yeah, at, he'll need to really work on that finishing and just adding strength because boy, he looked weak. Oh, All of just mm-hmm. a lot of them. Mm,
1: but
0: yeah. overall, I really like him as a prospect. I think the shooting is real. I love the passing feel. The finishing is bad, but, like, he is 6'10", and hopefully, like, the explosion thing isn't as big of a problem. Like, if, if you get, like, if you get the ball down low, you need to be able to dunk it. Like, you know, if if there's no one r- around you right away to strip it, like, you need to be able to finish those dunks, and, like, I, I hope it's not an issue.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, being 6'10", 7' seven, seven foot wingspan, I should be fine
0: I feel I hope and you know like I I don't have any notes on his help defense but I do remember being pretty good and he's definitely not a lockdown type guy like how a, a prosper is but like I think I think there's enough to work with and he can be a decent enough defender
1: oh yeah I mean as long as guys don't get or blow past him like those quicker guards and wings uh, I think he could uh, stay in front uh, of them uh, pretty well because there's some moments where I saw where his slowness does deter uh, his defense a little bit. But, I mean, I think he would be better off with the slower and bigger
0: type wing players in terms of defense. And, you know, like his size can help him against like the, you know, the fours who try to bully him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah, overall I really like him. Um, so really quickly, how would you rank these three prospects? Like, it, let, let's take the let's take the uh, lottery promise from Bilal out of this. Like, how would you rank these guys? Out of like,
1: I would I would still go with Prosper then Bilal for some reason, and then Clinton.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'm I think I'm with you even though I love Clintman's uh shooting touch. I think that's actually a, really important, but I do want to see some some defense and Prosper I think will be really good. Oh yeah. And, and like his cutting game I think is will serve very well. Um you know, to, to kind of offset a lot of his shooting woes.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And definitely in terms of like Choosing between uh, Bilal and Prosper, I mean, it's it's tough, but I feel like Prosper has the bigger bag in terms of uh, being a better overall 3 and D player, but with Bilal, I mean, he has definitely the athleticism to uh, take it to the next level in some ways, but I think he'll stay short in terms of other areas that he needs improvement on.
0: And you know, like I, I, I think like Bilal is definitely kind of the home run play, if you like, you really want to make that home, uh, really want to like pick him. But you know, I think he can be. I think he probably might end up being the best player. But I love Prosper's game, and I, I love Klipman's game. Like it's not a lot. It's not a big like. It's not a big gap between these guys. Like you know, I, I. These are probably my three favorite prospects that I've that I've like you know studied so far. I just, there's. There's there's a fit um, element to them, and like there's a lot of potential but, between all of them. Prosper, however, is the oldest of of all of these guys, so I don't know if you want to take that into factor. But I I do love Prosper.
1: Yeah, I mean, age at this point can uh, it doesn't really mean much to me.
0: Yeah, to be I think, honest. yeah, I think it's actually a much overrated thing. But draft draft analysts like really make a big deal out of that stuff.
1: I mean, sure, you get an extra two years off of um some of these draftees just coming at some age, but I mean you never know really in uh, what their future holds uh, if they do you know
0: develop uh, to the next level. Of course, like you like draft draft guys are like re- really focused on projecting who's going to be good. But like I think there is a little bit of just kind of downplaying guys who are who are already good if that makes any sense
1: mm, no yeah. and
0: I think Prosper is like good already and he's probably the most ready out of all of these guys mm-hmm. oh yeah okay all right let's uh though so those are the three prospects um you know the like very interesting wings that it fill, fill, fill a need all right let's move on to our next uh topic which uh is just some Kings news that have been going on uh, so it came out yesterday, uh, June 10th, that uh, Raptors will be hiring uh, Grizzlies assistants, Darko Rajakovic is how I'm going to pronounce it, and uh, that basically takes Jordy Fernandez out of the head coaching position and will more than likely stay with the Kings. He was a finalist for that Raptors job.
1: Uh, as much as I w- would love Jordy to get, you know the big money bag being a head coach i still
0: would love him
1: back on the kings not gonna lie
0: and the interesting yeah like i i like if you've watched i actually haven't watched the latest episode of the run but like you you see the effect like how much of a role he plays in that coaching staff like in the in the run episodes like he's kind of like he's kind of you know he is mike brown's kind of second in command and does a lot to kind of like talk to like is kind of the guy that seems to bring a lot bring a lot of players together, bring the coaching staff together. It's just, you know, losing him would have been a huge hit to the coaching staff.
1: Oh, yeah. But, you know, with um, how coaching is nowadays, I mean, wherever the money follows, I think you should follow as well. <laughs> Not going to lie.
0: Yeah, you, you only get so many opportunities to be a head coach. And, like, I think Jordy will get an opportunity at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, this was just very close. It was interesting that the Raptors were looking at all like assistant coaches and not former or not former head coaches, which was interesting to me. Like, I think their third candidate was, I believe, Charles Lee from Milwaukee.
1: Huh, really?
0: So, yeah, like, just interesting route that they're taking. Like, they're basically, they're kind of, it feels like they're taking not a tanking route, but they're definitely going to take a swing with, like, a new, with a completely new uh head coach.
1: Mm. Yeah, this reminds me, like, um with the 49ers coaching situation. Not coaching, but, uh like, defensive and offensive coordinator situation. I mean, we've had <laughs> coordinators that have left for, head coaching jobs because I mean they were so great at their uh offensive and defensive coordinating jobs and I mean it's sad to see them leave for sure but I mean definitely the money bags is there when they do leave and it will definitely be a sad day if Jordy you know finds that um spot in the head coaching job elsewhere uh because, you know, I mean, he's been such a great players coach and definitely the way he talks to the, uh, the players, it seems like he knows what he's doing for sure.
0: And, you know, with head coaches being fired left and right because they mm-hmm. don't they don't win a championship. Yeah. He's going to get more opportunities. That's just how that's just how it's going to be really quickly about the 49ers thing. Did, did those offensive and defensive coordinators do well in their new position or no?
1: I mean, one's in the Jets not gonna lie
0: um Jets are bad aren't
1: they they're up and coming that's all I can say okay because they've been historically bad I know that yeah and he's still the head coach of um the Jets so there's something (laughs) to say about that um definitely I mean a lot of coaches especially regardless if it's NBA or NFL they'll get fired for the stupidest shit for sure (laughs) but luckily with uh Pat, uh, Sawa, I mean, he's um, he's doing well, and definitely a player's coach, and uh, he'll bring stuff uh, on the table for the Jets for sure. And there's another uh, offensive coordinator that went to Miami as well, where I mean, he I felt like he definitely turned around that organization in terms of um, uh, building a team around offense.
0: Okay, so Kyle Shanahan got a nice little coaching tree going on, so that so that's good to see. Um, he seems to bring up guys and mike brown he's creating his own little tree right now with uh jordy fernandez and luke laups uh is going to be coaching summer league so they're kind of probably they're going to they're training him to kind of maybe take up the associate position if jordy is gone like and Mm. you know like luke laups might end up being a head coach someday as well Mm, that's interesting you got to keep an eye on all of these guys and you know jay triano like he's already kind of a set he's already kind of a made man like you know there's plenty of guys like not, i'm not saying to replace jordy but like there's a there mike brown has a squad up. i'll just say that
1: oh yeah that's for sure they they definitely chose the right set of uh, minds to uh you know rebuild around uh the sacramento kings
0: uh unfortunate unfortunately for the Kings, uh one guy that will that has been a staple of the Sacramento Kings for the longest time. Bobby Jackson will be leaving the Stockton Kings, the King, the Sacramento Kings organization to join Nick Nurse's coaching staff as an assistant in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, that's not gonna lie, that's a little interesting <laughs> to me. Uh just cause I really thought Bobby would kind of move up to what well, the spots in um, Mike Brown's coaching staff someday. But, I mean, like I said, wherever the money goes, you should follow. And it definitely led to Philly for some reason.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, hopefully he gets a good opportunity. They have some good talent there. I don't know the situation, what's going to happen with Harden. I don't know if Embiid is the guy by any means. But, hey, like, there, you know, you get an opportunity to work under a different coaching staff, and hopefully he brings something that can, you know, clean up that organization.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Not too familiar with Bobby
0: Jackson's coaching, but, I mean, I've heard good things for sure about him. Look, but... he survived a lot of the Kings' as regime, so that, that there's a lot to say in that,
1: you know, yeah, the that's, previous regimes. That's, that's very true. <laughs> and he has one... I, I want to say one time in the past in the in terms of what you might call it um
0: the Champions G League
1: is. championships or whatever
0: uh, I don't know actually he might have but I, I I don't have I don't know that off the top of my head
1: yeah I mean for sure he won uh with Davion in the summer G League um championship I guess you could say yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that, you, I mean yeah I I get, yeah I mean like that, that is something but like yeah again he's just he's unfortunately just been he's been a part of that like he's just he survived like though the chaotic kings regime and that's you know that that means something like you've literally been through i don't want to say like a war or anything but like that is a bad situation and you managed to survive so there's a lot you can bring about to other organizations of just your experience with Mm -hmm. the Sacramento Kings before they, you know, finally turn it around. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Last topic we'll talk about. Um, Miami Heat, they lose game four, go down 3-1. Joker, uh, well, Joker didn't have a historic performance by, by any stretch, but he had a really dominating game. And Jamal Murray, he was really good he somehow only have 15 points although i feel like he had 35 but yeah the, the nuggets they they're they're just they're, they're just picking apart the heat right now and the heat just they don't have enough offense
1: yeah i i really thought since jokic was I mean, not
0: saying that he did terrible this game. He did really pretty good. Um, yeah, ju- just 23 points and 12 rebounds and four assists. Just casual. Three yeah. three steals and three blocks. No, no big deal. Oh, yeah. It's like not a triple-double. <laughs> not a good
1: game for Jokic. But, uh, I mean, if it weren't for, you know, the supporting cast, especially the supporting
0: cast this game. I mean, I, I, I'll, say, I'll say this about the Bruce bounce, though. The Bruce Brown stuff was like late in the game when the game was kind of already over. I'll just say that. Yeah. But like Aaron Gordon was really good. Oh, yeah.
1: Definitely really good this game. Um, But yeah, I, I really thought like the Heat could have came back like you said, if they had more offense in their side. But I mean, if it weren't for the rest of the team for uh, Denver,
0: it wouldn't have happened for sure. Um look, like the, the way that so the, the, the heat are not shooting well from three like just you know from your starting backcourt they shoot oh for seven and one for ten. Like that's just terrible. Like I, I love Gabe Vincent he did not have a good game. He's been getting into like really stupid foul trouble. Like not to his I don't even think it's his fault. He just ends up in really bad situations. But like Max Drew's not able to hit a three, is that's really tough. And then, oh my god, like every time, every time Bam Adebayo misses a shot within five feet, I, uh, I cringe. Yeah, he it, takes it's so bad.
1: Takes a lot of middies. Not middies, but like really I, close
0: I, pull-ups. I d- look, here's the thing. I don't mind those. It's the it's the bunnies. It's like the little floaters. It's like the little five feet. It's the shot like from five feet. There was one uh, against KCP where he tried to shoot over him and just doesn't have the to touch. Like, look, he's doing a lot on defense. I get it. You have to defend Jokic and you have to be probably like their only real size inside. But you got to be better on, de- on offense, man
1: yeah i mean it's what the heat really can do at the moment it's is saddening to say but if it's not for jimmy or Adebayo, i mean the rest of the team needs to step up for sure but it's just not the game for sure that they went eight for 25 sadly
0: you know, they're like it—it it is what it is. Sometimes, like th- this might, this just might be finally them running out of gas. Like the Cinderella touch is, you know, finally might be gone. And like credit to the Denver defense. Like you know, Aaron Gordon's been really good. Michael Porter Jr. finally like figured out a way to attack the defense, despite not being able to shoot for some reason. And you have one of the best dissectors in, in the game in in Jokic, who just. Like if you dare to like double team him, double team Jamal, he will find the open guy. And right now, Denver's just getting so many easy shots that that the heat and the heat on the other end, they just can't get easy shots. They Jimmy needs to like be like at a hundred, like to be able to make shots over guys. Like they can't get anything easy. And Joker and Joker and Jamal, like they at any point can run their little two-man game and they will get a good shot and like miami just can't counter it and their defense like they were they've been stingy this this series like denver's like you know barely scoring like over 100 that's really good it's just that they can't score um consistently against the denver defense and you know credit to them for being able to hold the heat to make it as hard as they can like against them
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and they definitely hit their threes this game as well because i if I remember I think they didn't do so well
0: every every single three that Aaron Gordon hit I was okay with but he hit all of them well he Mm -hmm. had three or four he only missed one but like there was one where he hit one in Bam's face and then there was one like I think he pulled up in transition I'm like okay let's go and then he hit it but like Aaron Gordon had had the game of his had what had an incredible game like 27 6 27 7 and 6 that's really good and you know Jokic is gonna do what Jokic does and. Jamal Murray like again he only had 15 points. I thought that was a typo. It really did feel like he had 35 because you know like he was he he was able to like hit some really big shots when the when the Nuggets really needed it and especially when Jokic got 5 fouls like he made all the right plays. Like he really like one thing that's been really underrated about him I feel I've never known him to be a passer. He's a good passer.
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure. Um, one guy that I'm kind of surprised that still hasn't found much touch other than, you know, he has really good moments as well was Michael Porter Jr.
0: Uh, yeah, he, for some reason, just cannot shoot. Like, every time he shoots, I'm like, it's going in, but it, it it's not going in.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're so used to him hitting crazy long shots over guys. I mean, like, regardless if he's open or not, I mean, he hasn't. I don't, I don't even know if he hit a shot this series not gonna lie i can't remember he's like li- he's
0: like two for he like he him and max Strus are like two for like 16 or something like that during the series it's Oof. insane yeah that's like, weird like him and max Strus have kind of weirdly canceled each other out although again porter they he was able to find ways to cut and like you know as opposed to just standing in the corner so credit to him for figuring it out but yeah, like this is the worrying thing of your Miami. Michael Porter Jr. has not had a good game. Well, granted, he was good this game, but he has not had a good shooting game. And at any moment he can get hot and end and he will end your he will end your series or he will end the series if he shoots well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because uh, because like if he can shoot well and then all of us and then like you still have the issue of Jamal and Jokic. You cannot stop those guys. You're not going to. So, like, if you have Michael Porter Jr. shooting well, like, it's it's GG at that point.
1: Yeah. We'll see uh, next game because definitely going to be at home.
0: And I feel like... Yes, definitely going to be at home, yes.
1: Yeah, for their home. But uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, I definitely can see a very well-rounded game for every single person in Denver because, I mean, they're up 3-1. And sorry to, you know, jump ahead but uh i feel like you know Denver might take in five at
0: this point i mean like honestly that was probably the most reasonable um prediction just because like i i don't forgot if i said like i don't i didn't think that he could guard jokic and i've been kind of right on that i mean i'm not a genius for thinking that but like they don't have a guy for jokic and like i didn't and i didn't think they would do this they don't have a guy for uh, jamal either Hmm. Like they they have Jimmy, but the problem is like he runs that two man game. There's nothing they can do. Like you, know, what are you gonna do? Double Jamal and you know double him off of Jokic of all people, and you know it, it's it's an impossible situation for them. And you know and like who the Heat not being able to shoot really does not help. Like Kevin Love had an incredible game, and it, and it meant jack shit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Uh... I don't, yeah, I don't know what else the, uh, the Heat can do other than hit twenty threes next game and hope that the uh, Denver Nuggets are very quiet on offense, which definitely not going to happen.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like you know, shooting, sh- like shooting cures all ills. So we'll see if they can hit shots. Finally. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> finally.
0: So yeah, I, I mean, I, I look. I'm going to predict Miami to win Game Five and then. We'll see what happens in Game Six, but like just from how it how it looks, like it looks like it's done. Like I don't see like how they can how they can stop Denver. Like if they're like and like from how they play, like they can't. They, they're just not shooting well, and the may, the touch may have just been gone. But I'm gonna continue believing the Heat.
1: Yeah, I guess we shall see. Maybe we'll see a full on offensive jimmy and you know <laughs> just clear the way for him let him isolate whoever's guarding him
0: yeah, that i don't think that's the greatest idea like here's what i will always say about jimmy he makes the right play and doesn't force things oh, you yeah. would like to see him do it but the thing is when you're passing to other guys who aren't making shots like what are you, what are you supposed to do like i don't think this series is on him at all and
1: Oh no! You
0: know, yeah, it's it is a bit disheartening. I wanted to see a Cinderella run from the heat, but you know, great story with the Nuggets. Um, congratulations to them, and uh, yeah, we'll see if they can close it out at home.
1: Yep, we shall see.
0: Okay, anything else you want to quickly talk about?
1: Hmm, actually, don't know. <laughs> uh, we let's see. I mean, I heard how, you- how
0: was Destiny? How was the raid? I mean,
1: same as usual, the same old grind. Um, we did Deep Stone. I mean, that was literally the only raid that you've done, I think, ever in your Destiny career.
0: Oh, that you are wrong. I did do, I did do the Vault of Glass. Oh, that
1: is know. right. That yes. is right.
0: Yeah. Do not listen to the lies of fall. I was there. <laughs> I was there for longer. I actually, had, I actually had a, had a buddy text me if he still, if I still played Destiny. I'm like, no, that's been done. That's been done forever um yeah uh so i just got halo infinite uh we'll we'll see how that goes i'll let you guys know maybe in the next episode how it is but uh still playing a lot of witcher um that's a long ass game although i'm doing some of the story missions, so i think i'm progressing pretty well i have no clue if i'm close to the end or not
1: hmm oh you never like watched
0: or i've around. never watched it i see so like that's also the other thing like i want to look up guides for the witcher but I'm afraid I'm gonna get spoiled, so I've I've just been playing it blind for the most part.
1: Oh, I see. Dang, um,
0: I, there, I have I have looked up some stuff, but like it's I can't I can't type something in because, um, you know, spo- like for there was one game, um, uh, was it uh, near Automata? There is a that you will you can type in one thing, and so, uh, I guess I, I it's not it's not even a spoiler. You can type in the main character's uh name. And you will literally get spoiled with something that you have to beat the game three times to find out.
1: It is very annoying.
0: It is very annoying. Jeez. Yes, that that's how those uh, kinds of games are. You have to beat the game two or three times to get the actual ending. So yeah, I've been I've been staying away from the U- from like t- looking up too many YouTube guides, but I think I am getting cl- somewhat close. I'm making progress. I'm also doing mm-hmm. the DLC now too. So there's that. Oh,
1: I see. Yeah, I mean. The- Internet's a dangerous place to get spoiled with a lot of things, especially shows and movies. My god, the yeah. internet is just a dangerous place overall. So <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like you said, type in one thing, you'll it'll all fill something to <laughs> something that you never knew about or uh something that you don't want to know about until you actually, you know, um, when it's it for yourself. So it's yeah, it's kind of infuriating at times and that goes for when i was waiting for uh what do i call it like marvel movies my gosh, that that was tough <laughs> like i tried not to watch trailers for any of those type of movies just cuz a lot of trailers as well would spoil certain things and i try to go in blind but yeah that's that's a little too tough when um you, know, you have it's to just shut thing. off
0: everything, basically.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, like I can't go on YouTube, can't go on Reddit. You would have to just hopefully focus on what you to call it certain types of subreddits and hope that they don't talk about it in the comments or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a tough thing.
0: Uh, another really weird thing I've been watching a lot lately because they just randomly pop up on my YouTube feed, like fixing cow, like cow hoofs, like their foot it's not a foot it's not a foot fetish thing i I, I promise you it's it's literally people kind of like digging kind of like basic there's like stuff that grows on their hooves like infections and there's videos of like guys kind of digging out like these infections and trying to like you know fix these and like you just see like juices fall out of like their their hoof it is it is it is just it is pretty gross but it is very interesting and intriguing
1: Hmm. yeah i remember seeing um right videos of those because i mean some of them look i mean i'm i'm not like a horse owner or anything like that but some of them look pretty terrible <laughs> when uh like you passed it
0: you know who loves horses Jokic loves horses oh
1: man <laughs> now, that's just that's just been
0: a thing that's been all over my feet he just he loves his horses
1: so. I think, yeah, I think I remember seeing pictures of him riding some. Man, I mean, being a guy his size, <laughs> riding a horse, it's um,
0: I'll I'll tell you this, them horses make him look small, like so. <laughs> There's some big horses, and like there was like a video of like Shaq riding a horse, and like that's a strong horse right there. Oh, yeah,
1: I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how much horses can whip, but I mean, their backs
0: are ridiculous be- beefy to say the least yeah <laughs> i stood by a horse once and couldn't believe how goddamn big they are so yeah anyways yeah. that that's one way to kind of close it out um yeah so um anything else anything else you want to talk about
1: uh, <laughs> i don't i don't think so um uh i guess we'll see how uh, tomorrow's game will be it'll be game at b- the b- b- five uh so do you have any predictions
0: I, I think I think he extended to six, and uh, yes, I guess uh, just the public service announcement: there will be no podcast right after the game. Uh, this we we're gonna do more prospects, and then we'll and then we'll do the game, like whether or not like it ends uh, tomorrow or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I would say he will extend as well, but Denver will win in six still. So.
0: Well, there are our official predictions. Right, if you have nothing else, let's call it a let's call it an episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Catch you guys back on the next one.
1: All right, and we'll see you guys later.